Welcome to Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the Bite. Uh, it's Ted. Eric and I make no bones about the fact that we love Dogtra. We've been using them even long before they were sponsors of the podcast. Uh, my favorite is the 1900S hands-free. I typically have the remote in my pocket and I just put the other remote inside my glove or on my wrist and I can use that thing all day long. It's fantastic. Dr. is going to continue to be a sponsor of the podcast and because of that, you guys get a discount. So if you head to dogtra.com, any unit over $200, you'll get a 10% off if you use the discount code WDR10. That's Working Dog Radio 10, WDR10, dogtra.com. Go get it. This episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related. Not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets. All of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Man, we are stoked to have TrueScent back on the podcast as a sponsor. Train your explosive detection dogs with TrueScent Canine, not a pseudo. It's a simulant. Training aids available at TrueScent Canine. That's the letter K, the number nine, dot com, or 512-533-2040. If you use the code WDR15, that's WDR15, you get 15% off your next order of training aids. Accessories are excluded. Hit them up, truescentcanine.com. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you by Hits Training and Consulting. Next year, August 13th through the 16th in Chicago, Illinois, the number one police canine conference in the world, hands down. The most amazing instructors there. Wait till you see the vendor show. If you thought last year was big, you haven't seen anything. There's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry, giveaways, everything you can think of, great times during the day, great times at night. Ted and I will be there, Working Dog Radio booth, going to have a good time. Hits 2019. Don't wait. Register now. Hitscanine.net. Any working dog handler can tell you these dogs find magical and magnificent ways to hurt themselves. Hell, half of being a handler is keeping them from hurting themselves. Much like maintenance training, care and upkeep is an important ongoing duty of any working handler, no matter if it's military, law enforcement, search and rescue, or sport. I had a dual-purpose dog at the kennel that we were training that had a hot spot from a food allergy, and it was clearly bugging him. We had to continue working this dog. I didn't have time for him to take off. So our vet wanted to put him on some anti-inflammatory, and I'm usually pretty anti-med unless it's absolutely necessary. If you remember from the Janet Baker episode, certain medications will cause problems with detection, and I ain't got time for that. I found a product called Quick Term from the people over at VetCare. I used this spray once a day for a week, and it was gone completely. We had another dog get a puncture wound during a track on his chest, and it probably needed a staple, but it was in a weird area. So I clipped a fur around it and put this on there once a day for about 10 days, and it was like it never happened. This isn't a Me Too product. It's not relabeled. It's specifically made for dogs and horses. Nothing like it on the market, and it works on wounds, but it also takes care of skin issues like flea dermatitis, hot spots like I mentioned, lick sores, granulomas, pad injury, and the dreaded happy tail, which causes the back of your patrol cruiser to look like the OJ crime scene. It's a patented formula with a lot of science behind it. This shit really works. Due to disclosure, 
I got tagged pretty bad and needed to get sewn back together a couple months ago. And I may have used it on myself and it works great. The stuff is also temperature stable, so you can keep it in the patrol car with all the rest of your first aid supplies in the summer and the winter, and it'll help prevent small issues from becoming larger ones, and it'll keep the admins happy because the vet bills will go down. Head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR. That's 10WDR and get 10% off. Get your working dogs working again and quicker with QuickDerm. All right, everybody, this is Eric. We are back, Working Dog Radio, uh, coming to you from the Blue Line Conference in Pittsburgh. I think this is our third third recording yeah, done yeah. here. Um, I, like, I like doing these conference recordings, man. We get we got guests that we don't get to typically see, especially in person rather than on the phone, so I, I really like it. Um, we teach in an hour, about yep. an hour and 10 minutes. We yep. get our class. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully someone shows up. I'm hoping there's <laughs> anybody in the fucking room. <laughs> we, we did this the first year of Bravo 3, and there, we were the only canine instructors. And all the canine guys came to our class the first day, and the second day, nobody was there. <laughs> Not one, because every single person went to the first one. Nice. So it was it was pretty interesting. But this conference, Blue Line, man, I've been impressed. Um, yeah, they did a good job. The city of Pittsburgh can fuck off with their parking, but uh, <laughs> and traffic this morning was brutal. They, that The Fort Pitt Tunnel, if you're not from over here, um, it's the worst designed city ever when it comes to in, ingress and, and egress. And this tunnel is just, I don't think there's anything they can ever do with it unless they blow the whole mountain out that it's the tunnel goes through. But um, when you come through the tunnel, it's a pretty impressive sight. Seeing downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. But uh, how have you been liking it? Uh, it's been good. Location's been awesome. Being downtown, we didn't even have a car. Just walk around everywhere. Went and had dinner last night with Howard Young and his wife. Uh, and one of the guys from one of the departments in Ohio that I'm not going to mention because I'll get in trouble. And mm-hmm. uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been good. We're flying home today after we do our thing, dog and pony show. And I go back to handler school uh, tomorrow morning. And cool. Tulsa, so Howard kills me because he has three jobs, right? He trains right. for two different police departments, and he's a professor at a college. Yeah. And this fucker comes to everything. Oh, I know. He didn't used to, I don't think. I think no, now yeah. that now he's kind of into it. So, all right, uh, we'll get going. Um, our next guest is a lot of um, handlers that will be listening to this. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I know him. I went through his class. Um, I don't know how many folks on the West Coast know him, but uh, definitely from the Midwest on, um, is pretty well known uh, from Shallow Creek Kennels in Pit- uh, well about what thirty minutes from here yeah, about, about an hour north of Pittsburgh. Yep, uh, we have John Brandon. John, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, welcome. For those of you who don't know, so John's got a um, a really nice kennel set up. It's he's got it's a whole big operation where he's got uh, classrooms and dorms and um, some of the nicest kennel buildings I've ever seen. I, I go over there to get crates and things like that because um, he has a barn full of crates. Uh, I, I don't know if this is true. I heard a number one time a couple of years ago that you were over 400 a year now, dogs importing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's about right. That's about right. That's a lot of crates left over. Yeah, um, a lot of left over. So I've seen, you know, he's got all the vans. I, I remember I was, uh, I, I don't know where I was going, but I was over kind of in your area and I stopped at, um, a restaurant or something to eat lunch and one of your Mercedes vans pulls up in a building a vacant building next door open the door trainers got three dogs I can see in there there's probably 20 in there and it's just in out next dog in out in out so um, so when I say it's a big operation guys it's there's not too many 
bigger in, in this country. And uh, I appreciate you have taking time to come down. You're yeah. not much of a conference guy, are you? No, not at all. Uh, this is the first conference we've done in, uh, through the company. Well, you did it big time then. You, <laughs> yeah. You're the, the big sponsor here and uh, got a nice booth set up in there. I saw some drinking tables and yeah. a lot of Shallow Creek shirts running around out here. Yeah, it's it's been a great conference for us, and uh, it's been nice meeting uh, meeting all the guys. So when I come there, um, are you pretty much full time rotating classes? Yeah, we run four full time or four full classes a year: um, spring, <clears throat> summer, fall, and winter. Winter is a bitch, but uh, <clears throat> the other classes, the weather is decent. You're from that area. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So for those of you like, well, who is this dude? Tell us about like your history a little bit. Um, I started in law enforcement in uh, 84, 85. I started in canine. I was lucky. I went down to South Florida um, to an agency that was growing and, and got in canine in late 85. I stayed in canine until I retired in 2005. I worked uh, five dual purpose dogs. Uh, patrol narcotics and um, two of them were SWAT dogs and I worked in a great area it was a great area it was a it was a it was a fast paced uh, department that uh, we were able to do a lot of things and back it was back in the 80s and the mm-hmm. 90s when uh, when Broward County was on the news <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun working a dog down there yeah we talked to Bill Heiser about uh, he was down in Daytona around the same time and I was like what was Daytona and South Florida policing like in the late 80s because you you still had MTV coming down there right that was probably yep. about the heyday of all that stuff I, I bet it was just off the chain for a while there yeah it was it was and the crack cocaine was big and it was driving uh, driving crime and and it was kind of like the wild west there for a while and uh, it was a lot of fun to work down there a lot of fun to work a dog down there how many dogs did you guys have um, uh, right at any one time between seven and nine in the unit that's pretty good. Now, so back then, was it uh, Shepherds mostly? Um, when I first started, yeah, it was Shepherds. Um, and the Malinois didn't come in until the early 90s, and now probably it's all Malinois down there. Yeah. Where um, were they getting them from back then? Um, the dogs were coming. I mean, uh, Tony Guzman mm-hmm. um, was, was in business back then. And uh, so we were. he's been around it forever. Yeah. yeah but now dogs. He, he got his first dog off the ark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so we were getting shepherds, big 90 pound, three year old mm-hmm. German shepherds, uh, you know, with, from Germany or with some shits and training on them. And uh, they were all older, not like the younger dogs of today. Yeah. I bet those fuckers could track though. Yep. They could track. And, you know, talking about. You know, the handlers getting bit is mm-hmm. everybody in the class is always getting bit by their own dogs because they were yeah. dealing with men, adult right. dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we talked about that yesterday um, about how uh, it's just the, the the whole age thing, how the paradigm has shifted on that when you're getting dogs out of Europe. That it's uh, you're not if the dog is three years old, there's something wrong. Yes, like why is this dog still here? Yeah, if he doesn't have training on him, absolutely. Yeah. So you retire and you're like, peace out, South Florida? Because you're from Ohio originally? Yeah, I'm from Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, that little town north of Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, in 2005, I retired. We had a, a excellent retirement plan. I was eligible to retire. And uh, my parents weren't in good health and they weren't moving to Florida. So we moved back mm-hmm. to Pennsylvania. And uh, our plan was to... To do, you know, ten to twelve dogs a year, and uh, this kind of grew. It was my wife and I at first, and mm-hmm. this kind of grew into this business. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because when I come over to get crates and stuff from you, uh, there'll be a decent amount of time in between. And when I come back, I'm like, oh no, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I didn't see that. When I first got there, the office was in the building right there off to the left. The last time I was there, I think it was a big conference room or classroom now, and all that stuff got moved, and uh, um, you have some, the last kennel building you built was is impressive. It's, uh, it's a, um, like the walls I've never seen before. Um, it's it's one of those two kennels I always say, I like to go to a kennel where I can go there and it doesn't smell like a kennel. I mean, some of it's unavoidable, but it it is clean, um, looks like your drainage and, and all that crap, which is probably a nightmare. Um, I know we, we went out to Texas for to, out to Mike Ritland's place and he said the the, the constant problems he has with uh, with constantly getting people out there to unplug stuff and fix his septic and yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah, he's out in the middle of nowhere and that the kennel building has like its own septic tank. Like it's own a couple now, I think. Yeah, yeah so. that's what we do too. Yeah. We have our own septic for the kennel waste. He just grinds it all up in there and that's yeah. something people don't even think about. You wanna grow big? Okay. Infrastructure. Uh, the money that it takes to to lay all that stuff, man, it, it's crazy. Yep. How much concrete you have at, at your place? Oh, tens of thousands of square <laughs> square yards of concrete. Yeah, um, our kennel buildings are all um, you know, radiant floor heat for the winter time, and uh, you know tile floors, and uh, we've got good drainage. But you know, like you said, the septic, you know, we get pumped two or three times a year just because of the dog hair mm-hmm. and the kennel waste. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what Mike was saying. The hair is just something you forget about. It's not just waste. There's a hair in there, and it just yeah. boogers everything up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you when you move back with to the parents uh, with to with your parents, it was just like one big farm building, wasn't it? What you started with? Yeah, there was no kennels or anything on the property. We built our first kennel at the fall of 2005. We had dogs in the yard, like uh, uh, you know, freestanding kennel bringing you know two or three dogs in at a time and uh and we just grew from there we did no advertising it was all word of mouth and uh we were lucky enough we had uh you know i'd been in the industry down in south florida and some people knew me and i think our first dog went down to the tampa area yeah what was that dog's name um I can't remember it now. Wow. I can't remember it. <laughs> I bet you did for a long time, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember where all I went, and you kept kept track of them, and and now it's just you don't remember them. Yeah. So I remember seeing, uh, I don't know if it was a television show or if it was some documentary or something, um, guys in Florida going to the airport to pick up dogs. And I go, yeah, this came from John. Oh, they really? just kept saying John. It was maybe Hillsborough County yeah, or somebody Hillsborough. like that. Yep. They were at the airport picking them up. And they're like, and the guy's like, hey, buddy, you're not going to bite me, are you? As he's getting them out of the <laughs> Probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a good chance. <laughs> so do you, uh, we'll, we'll kind of break some things down, but I always ask guys when they get real big, do you ever look back on the early days like, oh, man, fucking 10 kennels? You, you miss that without the overhead and the employees and the and no, all that other shit. No, absolutely. Those are the fun times. You can never go backwards, though. Yeah, and uh, we're supporting families now, and, and uh, I've got a great staff, and, and they're like family to us, and and uh, <clears throat> they enjoy it. But I do miss the days where we had six dogs, and you could work them three times before lunchtime, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it was a more personal thing, you know. So getting to you live, your house is there on property. Yeah, it's a couple how, hundred yards away from how, it. How do you get away from it? You don't. No, impossible. 
you know, it's just like any any other job. I mean, I love it, but it's like any other job. It's 16-hour days, and, and that's if you're lucky. Yeah. So when you start, um, were you getting dogs here? Or did you always go over to Europe? I always went over to Europe, yeah. Yeah. How did you get those connections early on? Um, just... Uh, you know, introductions to people flying over there and driving around and meeting people and uh, and <clears throat> lucky enough to, you know, find some good people that were in the business before me and, and kind of guided me in the right direction. So wh- where were you at, uh, like, business-size-wise, pre-9-11 and what happened on 9-11, like, from going forward? Yeah, um, we grew after 9-11, but, uh, no, I'm sorry, we weren't in business, 9-11. Oh. Yeah, we weren't in business. Uh, we started in 05. So, uh, you know, it, there was a high, high demand for dogs, but we never got in and still to this day aren't into the government contracting side. We just do local, state and federal uh, law enforcement agencies uh, for the most part. So we've yeah. never done the contracts. Do you, um, I know some of the uh, military units are, do approved vendors. Have you gone into that route? Yeah, um, we have some of the military units that come to us and, uh, and, and buy dogs and maybe maybe buy a pre-trained dogs spooled up so they can take it and finish it. But uh, yeah, we deal with all of them. Yeah, you, you stay out of the government contract stuff too, don't you? Us? Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we, that's never, like, that's apparently the golden seal of some of like success is like, oh, I sold the dog to Border Patrol. I'm like, that's where, fuck, that's where you send dogs to that you can't sell, like once they're ready to age out. And yeah. I mean, or, I mean, you go down and you'll take 10 dogs and they'll take one. And you're like, and you got to take them to El Paso, which is close to nothing. Yeah, close I mean, to Mexico. Yeah, well, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, El Paso is closer to L.A. than it is to Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it isn't the same fucking state. <laughs> so, um, who was once you get back? Do you remember uh, when you started? like handler schools and stuff? When did you make that decision? Yeah, that was, uh, I, I, w- I wasn't gonna do handler schools. I did handler schools for my agency in South Florida, and I had no intentions of doing handler schools. And I had uh, two different agencies come to me. One was uh, Youngstown, Ohio, mm-hmm. and they were at um, uh, another place getting trained that had issues, and the sergeant, and was the one that was having the issue and he came and camped at my place for six weeks begging me to uh, find him a dog and train him in a school and that's how we got started is uh, and he's still employed there of course he's promoted up through the ranks but uh, I blame him for the handler schools. Yeah. Is it juggernaut now? It's a, it's a juggernaut yeah. now. It's a whole thing. Every yeah. time I go there, there I've seen guys from I think Idaho cars from from most places um Pretty far away. That's a that's a long ways to go. How long is the a handler school? Handler school six weeks for a dual purpose dog. We pre train the dogs for eight weeks before the handlers arrive, mm-hmm. um, so the dogs are pretty much spooled up. If somebody with experience, a good handler, took them, they could they could certify with them. Um, so we get the dogs spooled up, and then we hand them off to the new handlers and teach them how to work the dogs. In the beginning, did you do green dog, green handler? You ever get into that mess? I no. did it for years. It sucks. I, I did it with my agency. <laughs> yeah. But with my agency, we had, uh, at that time, I think it was 12 weeks. 12 weeks, We yeah. had a 12-week patrol dog school. Yeah, Florida, have, FDLE has that requirement where if you're a yeah. dual-purpose handler, you got, what is it, like 600 and, I don't know how many hours yeah, it now, is. It was 480, and now I think like, it's 600. Yeah, it's 600. That's all right. It, 
Yeah. There's a so. lot of trainers that I, I tell people, I said, if you want to be a police dog trainer, do green dog, green handler. You want to, you want to learn to train? Absolutely. You want to learn to train people? And that's pretty difficult. You become a bit of a psychologist on how, how people learn. You got to try to figure it out. I've had guys come through my school that by the time we were done, they thought, I, I might like be dumb. Like I, I, I'm like, well, you learn differently. I'll tell you that. Like, uh, like guys in their late 30s and 40s that that I had to make repeat back to me instructions, and it, they weren't dumb. It just they, they never had to learn like that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. So now the whole thing with everybody's doing is we pre-train the dogs, and then everybody wants the six-week school. Yeah. Um, there are some ridiculous companies I know are doing one or two-week dual-purpose handler school for green handlers. That's just that's criminal in my opinion. That's a shame. Yeah, we're, I mean, even when, oh, we've, got an, we've got a department in Arkansas that they've gotten six dogs from us and one of their handlers is on his third dog from us. And even when he gets new dogs, he comes for a month, three to four weeks mm -hmm. at a time. And That's excellent. Because he's yeah. like, I mean, and, you know, he's real good about not falling into the my old dog this, my old dog that. We have some handlers that do that, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Your old dog's hmm. not here. This one is. So. <laughs> the other big thing you got going on there, I know, is big time uh, uh, trainer schools. Train trainers. Yep. That's a long school. Yeah, if it's I, 12 weeks. That's 12 weeks. So. When if somebody was going to come, are you guys do GI Bill? No, we don't because of the state of Pennsylvania. Um, really? The requirements for the state, of course, it's a commonwealth, so mm -hmm. that makes it special. Um, <laughs> are unattainable for something I don't even want to try to do. Really? I wish we could, and we did look into it, but um, state of Pennsylvania prohibits it. Wow! So you're 12 weeks. They live at the place. Yep. What, what kind of what's that look like for those guys? Um, the guys show up and we start. Um, you know, besides the classroom work, we start from how to selection test a dog, and they're off and running. So if we have uh, 20 guys in the class, we're doing um, 24 dogs. We're spooling up, like you said, none of that abandoned mill, um, and some of our off-site training locations. So they're getting their hands on 24 dogs. And the Malinois shepherds might be a pointer or two in the group so they're, they're getting their hands on those dogs and learning how to take them you know through odor and, and patrol work so on and so forth i think that's really important i mean <clears throat> to get the more dogs you know you guys both know you get your hands on the more dogs you got more tools in your toolbox to solve problems yeah i'm, I'm assuming they learn the less glamorous side of training as well <laughs> kennel care and <laughs> Yeah, we don't make them do kennels, but uh, yeah, they yeah, they're de definitely bloody tired and muddy mm -hmm. by the time it's all uh, all said and done for the day. How so, much do you guys do with them as far as the business side of it? Because I know like there's a lot of schools where you know you go. Uh, there's a famous one, I think the Tom Rose School. They do a fantastic job of training dog trainers, but um, a lot of people I meet that go there, they come out and they're like, they have no idea how to sell whatever it is that they're going to do and i see that a lot with guys that go to police trainer schools about the business side of it because eric and i talk about it all the time like people buy dogs in this industry based on relationships whether it's with another agency or where they've got a dog before or like you said you knew guys down in south florida because that's where you had your entire law enforcement career and you know that's consistently one of the things that i'm always asked is like how do you get in front of these people and how do you sell police dogs and the joke i always tell is like they're not buying them based on quality because if there were there would be no shitty police dogs and we all hmm. know that that ain't the case so you know uh we do a trainer school and i teach some of the guys and it's only for police stuff and we teach and if they're a private dude um we kind of go through the business side of it but uh, we just had a guy go through from one of the universities in oklahoma that has uh, dual purpose dogs and 
edict because he'll be there forever so we didn't really do a lot with him but the business side like you know once you're done like how do you make money yeah, we don't cover that at all because we're doing all law enforcement, right? And they're and they're getting sent there by their agencies, there and you it's go. and it's just to run you know run their their own schools when they get back. Yeah, I, that's what I see when I go there is guys you know maybe a guy from like Cincinnati there, and I'm like, oh hey man, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to the to the trainer school. Um, but then after that, when you have these classes, they're big classes, you, yeah. some of those guys will come back and contract for you or help you out in the training yeah. schools. Yeah, some of the guys do come back. Uh, you know, we, like, you, like Ted said about relationships, you know, you spend three months with dudes, you know, you get to be friends with them and get to know them and then mm-hmm. see the quality of, of their skills. And, uh, and uh, so they come back and help us with schools. We just graduated a class last week that had 28 in it. Oh, that's a big um, class, yeah. So we had seven instructors and in r- running four stations. See, the, here's the funny thing about this, uh, and I had this early on, this misconception, and a lot of guys do. Where you're at, there's nothing. Where Kenny's at, there's nothing. Yep. You don't have to be in a big city or next to a big city or like within five minutes. You gotta be close to an airport, I think, but um, you can have a giant successful dog training business and live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that There's a lot of folks that struggle with that. They're like, well, I'm out here in BFE, Idaho, how do I do it? Well, go ask Kenny, how does he do it? Denver, Indiana is nothing. Yeah. Well, he, it's might as well be Licklider, Indiana. <laughs> he owns most of the town. True story. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I, I've taken, I've come to your place, I don't know, five or six times. Every time a GPS takes me a whole different way there, different way back. I'm like, what the fuck? It's well, the it's same. It hasn't moved. It's because Boston and Pennsylvania, you don't have a fucking straight road here. There's like, there is nothing. You can make four left turns here and still go on a straight line. Yeah. I don't get it. Same thing with Boston. I fucking, I. All right. We're going to uh, take a few minutes here and hear from our sponsors. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey, everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight, and that's why the crew from Hits goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like Hits. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 Hits will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run Hits are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes in session at a time. Toppers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in D.C. and are planning for more this year. 
and it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for a hundred vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry, plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year, they gave away about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to hitsk9.net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We have been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, We just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastk9.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastk9.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. southerncoastk9.com. Good people, great facility. Check them out. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-callers or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van SK9, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. 
Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested, shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at c2ckanine.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine dot com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You got to possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA or something similar. You also need to have a knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You got to speak fluent Spanish and English. If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P Heiser at C2CCanine.com. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number nine, training.com, and make your unit better. All right, we are back. I, I have no clue. That's why. So besides all the, the training and everything you do, you guys are pretty deep into the science of this type of stuff. Um, the first time I ever heard of dogs being cloned was a dog I saw at your place. Um, what, you want to talk about what you can about that program? Yeah, um, we were approached by a pet cloning company out of Seoul, South Korea. And um, they were over here with doctors and scientists and uh, their public relations people. And uh, they were touring kennels throughout the U.S. And uh, we had a couple of meetings with them. And what their goal was to clone working dogs. They had cloned, uh, cloned pets for people with, with uh, disposable income. The pets cost $110,000 a piece. And they wanted they wanted to uh, they wanted to clone a working dog, so they picked us, and they cloned uh, cloned. And they said we could pick the dog, so it was a dog that we spooled up on uh, uh, patrol explosives. Went uh, to one of the military units, and um, we thought he was special. He was proven. Um, the military said that he was he was doing really well with them, so. Uh, we cloned him, and you know, three, four months later, um, it went over to Seoul and, and picked up the puppies. It brought them back stateside and raised them to about 18 months of age, trained them, raised them correctly, and now they're with uh, a federal law enforcement SWAT unit. When I saw them, they were, I don't know, eight or nine months old, and then maybe close to a year. There were some stout sons of bitches, those dogs. Yeah, yeah, they look just like, obviously, just like the uh, original. The, the scientists over there said that they're 99.9% .9 a Xerox copy of the original. Um, the really spooky thing, I was, um, I was extremely pessimistic, not 
not a big believer that this could work. Obviously, uh, you know, we raise the dogs right to the best of our ability. They, uh, you know, like a friend of mine told me as well, if they're supposed to be carbon copies, and they're only yours to screw up. Mm-hmm. That's a good and, way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And that, that kind of stuck with me. Um, but the dogs were eerily the same as the original and the same as each other. That is weird. Same character traits, same That's behaviors. Fucking weird. So, did, were they the, the original dog? Did you breed and raise it too? Or, no. Okay. Yeah, I imported them from Europe. So, so they're almost like identical. I mean, they look just like him, is what you said. And how were did were you able to train each one of them the same way? Like, or because a lot of times I'll have to use whatever method works for that dog. But I mean. Did they have distinct personalities? Are they like no? They were no. They were the same. I mean, like one of the reasons, you know, just a stupid, a very important reason, but um, the original dog and the um, the two clones are extremely quiet. You can dance in front of them in a bite suit, shooting guns, you know, juggling balls, and the dogs are like whatever. It's extremely quiet. <clears throat> no shaking. No whining. They're just going to, they just maintain the down and then they'll come in and just blast you. Excellent. Very clear headed dogs. Interesting. How, is, how do they interact with each other? I seen, I saw them one time when I was there in the same kennel. Did they have kind of like a weird twin thing? Yeah. It's <laughs> like when you touch yourself in the matrix and it's like, time yeah, stops. you're like, ow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, for when we raised them as puppies, we moved them around to different kennels, different trailers, different vans, getting an exposure. And it was it was weird because you put them in a kennel beside each other where they couldn't see each other or put them 10 kennels away or with each other. They both took the same steps in the kennel, two steps left, one step right when somebody's in front of the kennel, maybe bark twice and do a circle. They were it was mirroring behavior in the kennel. And the same thing when they were smaller. That is loose off leash. That would give me goosebumps. That's that's I'd be like, what is... Well, because forever, you know, I mean, because the argument is always, um, you know, for people that are less informed, like administrators, that you can just go buy any dog and turn it into a police dog. And, you know, the analogy I always give is how many kids played basketball in high school and how many of those kids made it to the NBA. And... You know, it kind of begs the question because people are like, "Oh, I can." T- I've seen trainers say, "I can make any dog a police dog." I'm like, "Shit, you're better than I am." And so, mm-hmm. you know, how much of it is genetics? Because when we talk about selection testing, so much of what we look for is genetic. And I mean, it, it kind of begs the question: how much of what we get in the final product is what we do and like you said it's yours to fuck up and i mean yeah. so and if you take the same steps and raising the dog that you normally would and the dogs turn out identical i mean yeah. <laughs> it should work so those two get moved on have you found it worth it that you continue I would continue, but um, this, like I said, was an experiment on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is the company signed a contract with the South Korean National Police for $1.3 million, and they were doing uh, 60 or 80 detector dogs for the South Korean National Police after we said it was a success. Um, but How right, much of that are you seeing? Do you, you get any part of that one point something million? No, 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 no. no. We, we didn't pay for the dogs, which yeah. is great because they wouldn't have. Um, yeah. um, so it, it was a neat experience. But now the company, uh, you know, said came to me and said, "Okay, well, if anybody wants a wants a clone, um, the military or police price is fifty five thousand. 
Fuck. You hear that, everybody? So go find your Duco <laughs> Two blood vials and clone him, because I can hear I can hear the wheels turning yes. right now. This isn't even live yet, and I can already hear people like I'm gonna go find a Duco Two vial. I can, I can hear it now. Yeah, you call Youngstown PD and tell me you got a dog form for 55000 yeah. yeah, Yeah, that they can use in two years when they're done training and raising it. Holy Sounds shit. good to me. Go Holy fund me. Shit. Yeah. Go fund me account. Uh, is anybody else in the States doing Have you? I haven't heard of anyone else with it. Not that I'm aware of, no. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, if it's a success, South Korea will know. That's a lot of dogs, though, man, to not make some missteps on some of them. And, and yeah, it was all out of one dog. That's crazy. It was all out of one dog. Um, yeah, it is crazy. And I, I truly believe, like Ted was saying, it's it's how the dog's raised and trained. Um, I think, you know, you give a 16-year-old a Ferrari, he's going to wrap it around a pole. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. Huh. I was I mean, hoping the South Koreans got good trainers. Right, I don't know. If they're hacks. I don't know. Well, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to South Korea, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, so uh, what do we got going forward with Shallow Creek? We're just going to stay the course. Um, you know, keep training police dogs and uh, handlers and and uh, hopefully keep growing. We're, we're about at max capacity now, and I really don't want to build another kennel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, I assume the, the wife will make the decision when you're done. She'd be like, "Yeah, we need to turn you off for a little." While. Oh yeah, she's worse than I am. She's uh, well, she's there every day. I'm there every time. Yeah, I'm there. yeah, she's there seven days a week. Yeah. We, have, like, we have kennel staff, and she still is the only one feeding and doing the medical stuff. So that's crazy. So I always ask everybody who's gotten real big, "Do you get to touch a leash?" Occasionally, yeah. maybe once a week or once every two weeks. Um, you know, every day I'm out there. But um, I tell Jeremy, one of my guys, is give me a trailer with 10 dogs and I'll give you my cell phone and I'll be back at 5 p.m. Hmm. And it'll be a lot, a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> See, if I lived there, I'd probably every once in a while I'd be like, you know what, I, I want to go grab Tommy out of the kennel and just go fuck around with him a little bit. Yeah. Just me and him. You probably have night staff and everything there? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah, that's the, I mean, you know. Having and we asked Paul that yesterday too, Hammond, and he was like, "I don't get to work in dogs nearly enough as as I want to." And he's like, "You know, the business side of it now has taken over." And he was like, "But I like you said, you know, you got families now that rely on you." And he said the same thing. He was like, "I've got employees and people rely on us." And he was like, "You know, I've, my my skill set now is is feeding these people and in, in this in this business more than anything else." And I mean, I think there's something to be said for that for sure. And it does definitely. I mean. We feel that because I mean, there's days where that's the, the misconception. Like, as I'm, we're not near is that big. I mean, we do like 60 dogs a year, 40, 60 dogs a year, and people are like, all you do is play with dogs all day. I'm like, fuck. If that's what you think I do all day, between emails and phone calls and talking to sheriffs or under, or, you know, admins and presentations, doing stuff like this, I mean, I'm like, no, that's not what I do all day. Believe me. So like, we we get a lot of guys that listen to our podcast that uh, that are young in the business or want to be in it give the give them something that's was a a a mistake that you made that a learning experience business-wise with the dogs that you were like man i wish i wouldn't have done that oh yeah we all make mistakes (laughs) yeah Uh, i guess the biggest uh, probably the biggest one is fronting people money over in europe no, yeah. <laughs> you know, fronting them, you know, so, uh, I can get you good dogs, uh, you know, pay before get, they get, ship. Uh, yeah, 
pay before they ship and then it goes sideways real quick and that money you might as well just burnt yeah uh, how many dogs did you get to where you were going at a time where you could dictate that to to the Europeans where you could tell them I'm not paying you until this proves yeah that was really quick because I lost money yeah so uh-huh. um, you know that was in the first couple of years you know I lost money and back then I couldn't afford I can't nobody can afford to lose money but I mean it really hurt um, so now I mean how and one of the biggest things is you know I hear a lot of people you know in the industry buying dogs off of videotapes and, and everything else is I'm in Europe every four to six weeks it's me and if it's not me, occasionally it's it's one of my guys. But uh, hands on, I put my hands on every dog, test every dog, take them to different locations, and uh, I think that's really important. That's you've you've got to go, you've got to put hands on the dog. Yeah. Do you um, when you go over to Europe, do you have any uh, restaurants you hit every time you got your your spots there? Is it? No, I'm you know mostly I eat at gas stations. No shit. <laughs> You get off the plane and uh, we start testing dogs and drive an hour, hit a gas station, get some uh, freaking dills, yeah. you know, healthy, uh, healthy sausage <laughs> with unknown contents and uh, go to good old place to test dogs. Half life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long is this thing? I don't know. What year is it? <laughs> what, uh, how many, when you get there, you, you go to a central place or you've got to travel country to country? Um, I test a lot of my dogs at a soccer stadium and um, a Dutch DOD base I have access to. Um, so a lot of the guys will meet me there. So it's great. Environmentals, you can check environmentals um, where the dog's never been before. And uh, so after we do the selection test, after we get finished up with that, um, they go to our vet over there and we do hips, elbows, and spine x-rays, blood panels, so on and so forth. And then I have a friend over there that has a kennel. And uh, the dogs that we purchase go to his kennel and get ready for shipment at the end of the week so yeah well uh, the percentage so say you picked um 20 dogs you're like test them these dogs look great what percentage of those will fail the health um probably 20 percent yeah 15 20 percent is it still a big letdown or you're like yeah fuck it this is part of it's always the best dog of the group yeah Yeah. of of course (laughs) of course it is yeah (laughs) motherfuckers got missing invertebrae or something you're like yeah that makes sense perfect yeah i x-rayed a dog last year had missing shoulder blade what what he was missing a shoulder i you couldn't I'll, see I'll him. Of the x-ray. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Couldn't see. That's <laughs> crazy. A dog had just adapted yep. over time. Wow. Man, that's a, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll, I'll email you the x-ray. Mm. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so do you do you dick around with breeding? No. 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 We've had two litters in 14 years. Oh, we talked four, about that the other day. 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, puppies are. And an oops litter. Yeah, or, puppies are a gamble. Yeah, they are, for sure. I hate you're puppies. Like, he's, he's in the same situation I am. Bought a dog that you start working him, you're like, well, you sure are getting fat. And the fucker was pregnant when they got him. It's just, that's some shady stuff, man. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Oh, but she got along with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure she did. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly. So it's got, <laughs> why does these babies look like a llama? I don't know, <laughs> fucker. So what? Uh, your website's pretty good. To tell folks about like where to get a hold of you, where to look at your class schedule, and things like that. Yeah, you can call us or email us. Uh, website's shallowcreekk9.com. Letter um, K number nine. I'm sorry. Letter K number nine. Yeah, letter K number nine. Yeah. Do you, um, how, how far out, like how quick is it fill up? Is it like cops, typical wait to last minute bullshit, they're going to miss out? 
The classes? Mm-hmm. Um, no, the classes fill up quick. Um, we've got classes scheduled into 2020 with people in them. Um, yeah, typical agencies, we do have some last minute stuff, but we have to shut it off someplace just for yeah. our, our big thing is is time on the leash. I hate downtime. You know, typical police training and stand around. Uh, we don't do that. Yeah. I want the guys to have hundreds and hundreds of reps of exercises so they feel conf- confident when they go out on the street. And they um, uh, don't bring their own dog, right? Everything's from you. Yeah, everything's from me. Occasionally, we have retread dogs that come mm-hmm. through, and and um, occasionally we do have agencies that that come with a dog they got someplace else, and we put them through yeah. the class. And the guys should expect to be in a suit when they get there at some point. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Hidden sleeves, suit, muzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Man the fuck up and catch some dog. You're not gonna die. I Listen, promise. He's got a guy that works for him that um, was. Probably pulled over Moses in Florida and took, you know, 9,000 kilos of cocaine off of him. And I'm told that dude will catch dogs until you die (laughs) over and over and over again. So if you see the oldest dude at the kennel catching all the dogs, you should take a look in the mirror at yourself. And and put on your big boy fucking pants, man. I can't can't stand it. Because at some point, like we talk about, um, he does... In my opinion, probably more decoying than he should. I I started backed off of it because at some point it's hard to do both. It's hard to oversee the the things and do it and and be the guy in the suit. I mean, bite development, sure, you, we can work on that because we're real super picky. But at some point, man, guys got to help. Yeah, I got an intern, and I've had people come up to me and they're like, "I want to learn to decoy." I'm like, "I bet you do." So you put him in the suit once, they're like, that hurts. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking dog bite. They're mm. supposed to hurt. And he puts him in a comp suit, though. That's not really fair. Well, I don't own anything else. I don't stick him in that super thin hidden sleeve. That thing, that that does hurt. But yeah. um, I have an intern now, Josh, who's badass. I mean, he's been with us a couple years. And, I mean, he's turned out to be a fantastic decoy for uh, finished patrol dogs and some of the more experienced green dogs, young dog stuff. He's still not, I'm not comfortable with him doing that stuff yet, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've backed off all my, my in-service training and run that. And Josh just does all Josh and Sean. So when, when guys real quick, when guys are at your class, um, I know you got uh, Jeremy and some other guys that do probably the mo- most of it. You stop in from time to time. Are you getting involved in oh, it? Is, oh yeah. I'm there every day. Is it one of those? Oh shit. John's here. We must've fucked up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit, but I'm there every day. I'm there every day. I want to, you know, I'm going to make sure we're doing what we need to be doing. I want to make sure the guys are doing what they need to be doing. Um, you know, you talk about suits and stuff. It's it's funny. You put guys in suits or hidden sleeve, and they take one dog and they start unbuckling the jacket. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's three dogs at least minimum, yeah. depending on the exercise. Um, Don't worry, your dog will get his. You should be yeah. getting bit at the same amount of time, minimum, same amount of time it takes to get the suit on. <laughs> Which is like three or five dogs. Have a, and have a decoy ready. <laughs> yeah, like fucking guy in the suit. I tell them, what's the hard, they're like, what's the hardest part of decoying? Getting bit? I'm like, put your shoes on. <laughs> put your shoes on underneath the suit. That's why I wear the Solomons. They don't have yeah, laces. You got to wear special stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming, man. I know you're super busy. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good operation if you guys ever get a chance. Um, I've never gone there and not been treated well just to just to look around and and talk and bullshit i know the one time i was like, hey come take a look at the new cattle and check it out and everything and we don't do business together so i thought that was pretty cool man i, I appreciate it um 
Good luck. I, I don't think I would want to be you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would like to be a little bigger than I am, maybe around where he is, but uh, I, you get to a point where there's no, no turning back. Yeah. So you got one pension. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. You just want to be a croak. Yeah. So what else are you going to do? Yeah. All right, man. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. you. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm -hmm. All right. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com That's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys in this podcast. For if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. 
Barking Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.